Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Brustling Unlimited. As we are here on the 3rd of September, 2021. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just realized it's September 3rd. I better text my brother. It's his birthday. Um, boom, boom. Birthday. Send. All right. I didn't even realize what the date was today until I just said it. My brother's birthday. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. We're talking about SmackDown. We're talking about Rampage. And we're also going to talk about AEW All Out because we're going to give our predictions at the end of this show. I know I said on Wednesday I'd have predictions up by this morning. I thought I was going to have somebody doing predictions with me. That didn't happen. So I said, screw it. We're just going to do the predictions on the podcast. And yes, as you see here, I did spill a little water on me because I just filled up got a new thing of water. So my shirt looks a little, yeah, I spilled stuff on me. It's all good. It happens. But with that, I thoroughly enjoyed SmackDown tonight. I thought SmackDown was really, really good. I really liked it. As far as Rampage does go, I thought it was just a by the books Rampage. No different, no better, no worse than we've seen over the last, what is this, fourth week, three other weeks. CM Punk was great on commentary. Give me more of that. But other than that, it was just a by-the-books dynamite or rampage, to be honest. But we'll talk about that later. We're going to get into SmackDown first. But I got to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. You, excuse me, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash W Unlimited. Thank you, Fonzie, for reminding me. I recorded a sponsor video, which you guys will see here in a little bit, right before I went live, so I forgot to turn the lower back on, the ticker. I appreciate that, Fonzie. But speaking of sponsors, this year, this month, we're teaming up with Wicked Cuts Jerky because it's Patriotic Cancer Awareness Month. We'll talk about more of that in a little bit. But with that, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel with a tiered subscription, just like Broken King Slender did. Just like Broken King Slender just did for 14 months. Because remember on Twitch right now, it ain't just September, it's September. And everything's discounted right now as well. Also, I do want to thank Jack Dawson for the Twitch bits. But if you say, I don't want to give you real money, I already pay Jeff Bezos for Amazon Prime. Well, hey, 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 there you go. Link that Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. Bada bing, bada boom. Subscribe to us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited with Prime Gaming. And not only doing that does it give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel, but it also gives you stuff like free games, free stuff like DLC, and other kinds of gaming things as well. But if you say, I don't have that either, call up your mommy, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, the guy that changed your tires down at the Jiffy Lube. The guy that checked out, that checked you out at Safeway when you bought a loaf of bread yesterday. Say, can I use, can I use, can I use your Amazon Prime? Link it to my Twitch account and bada bang, subscribe to Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But on the flip side, if you are watching on YouTube, you can help us out there in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation, just like Jack Dawson. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel on YouTube as a channel member, hitting that join button. That gives you early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access 
to non-news videos and so much more. But with that, we've got Friday Night Smackdown to talk about. They kicked off with the Usos and the Street Profits. But before that, actually, a recap Finn Balor returning last week and challenging Roman Reigns for the title tonight. Michael Cole and Corey Graves are on commentary. Still no Pat McAfee. Cole noted that Pat McAfee is doing better and returns next week in Madison Square Garden. I can't wait to just hear Pat McAfee sitting there and going, Oh, welcome to Madison Square Garden. With that accent. He's going he's gonna to be, oh, Pat McAfee in the garden is going to be great. I can see it right now. I can see it right now. With that, the Usos come out. And they show Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman watching in the locker room. This was not a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. But it was a championship contenders match. The Street Profits interrupted to a big reaction as the Usos were talking about disrespect and their family and this and that. The Usos get a big reaction and they mock the Usos and notice that they embarrassed them in front of the head of the table last week. Angelo Dawkins worried if the Usos got permission. Roman got permission. Oh, I read that wrong. Angelo Dawkins wondered if the Usos got a permission slip from Roman to be out here tonight. This match was really fun and went almost eight minutes long. Jimmy had the early advantage on Dawkins, but Dawkins did hit a drop kick and a twisting splash into the corner to gain that advantage. Ford tagged in and followed this up with a standing drop kick and the heels and sent the heels to the floor. Ford went from a crossbody off for a crossbody off the apron, but the Usos caught him and slammed him hard into the barricade. Back from a commercial break, the Usos were firmly in control until Ford hit an enziguri on Jay. Ford went for the tag, but Jimmy knocked Dawkins off the apron. Jimmy then missed a charge and sent him shoulder first into the post. Dawkins and Jay got the double tag. Dawkins was briefly in control, but Jay took over. The Usos climbed to the top rope, but Dawkins fought them off. Ford got the tag, and Dawkins hit the spinebuster on Jay. Ford then hit a frog splash, and Jay broke up the pin. Jimmy then threw Ford into the ring post twice, and the ref just calls it a DQ. Makes no freaking sense. What a shitty way to end a great match. What the hell he throws him into the the ring post two times two times and they they just call for the dq are you freaking kidding me right now what what after the match the usos jump dawkins at ringside and beat him down ford then hits a scary crazy looking dive to the usos wipes them out crashes into the announce table ford seemed to almost land on his head this was bad Got back to his feet. Dawkins and Ford jumped up on the announce table and celebrated as their music played. So technically, the Street Profits win by disqualification. And I guess since they won the championship contenders match, they're going to get a championship title. I I, I just assume. It's very convoluted. It's, It's called beating somebody without really beating somebody. They did it in the main event too. In the back, Roman Reigns told Paul Heyman, bring him his cousins. Heyman left the locker room, and he was immediately startled when Caleb Braxton appeared. He goes, well, Miss Braxton, she got somebody else to, to bother. And as she started to ask him a question, we hear, 
Heyman ignores the call. Braxton goes, um, was that your phone ringing? And we hear again. And finally, Heyman's like, yeah, maybe I should just answer this call. Heyman answers the call. And he's like, yep. But what a, I, yeah, mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, uh, I get that. I understand. Sure. I'll let him know. I'll deliver that message personally. Heyman turns around and runs into a janitor, but it was Big E. This was stupid. It was Big E. Big E then laughs maniacally. <laughs> and then he holds up the money in the bank briefcase, looks at Paul Heyman. And <laughs> I'm like, what is this stupid shit? At least when Randy Orton dressed up as a janitor, there was a reason. You don't need to dress up as a janitor to cash in money in the bank. What, are you trying to trick somebody to win the 24-7 title? Kind of dumb. Kind of dumb. So then we get a commercial for Monday Night Raw this Monday. And what do these blokes announce? They announce that Charlotte Flair will be defending the WWE Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax Monday. This Monday. In three days. What the hell? After the match they had last week. They're just going to do it again. But with the title on the line. Hopefully it's not as rough as this past Monday. Also it was announced. That we will find out who the next number one contenders for the Raw Tag Team titles are. When we have a big tag team turmoil match. I didn't. Hold on. I did write it down on the website that didn't. Uh, hold on. Give me one second. I can tell you exactly who's going to be in this tag team turmoil match. I started writing up the article and then I got sidetracked to something else I had to do. So I have it saved but not published yet as far as matches announced for Raw. It was... All right, here we go. Tag team turmoil match taking place on Monday. It's AJ Styles and Omos. AJ Styles and Omos. The Viking Raiders, Eric and, Eric and Ivar. Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. Mason T-Bar. Lucha House Party, Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik. Jinder Mahal and Veer. And, good news, The New Day, Xavier Woods with Kofi Kingston. That means Kofi's cleared to return. He said the winners will earn themselves a future shot at the Raw Tag Team Championships. I would assume that's Extreme Rules, but they're doing title matches before fucking pay-per-view, so I don't even know. The next up comes the man, Becky Lynch, and she thinks she's The Rock. The Rock did that thing back in the day where he goes, Finally, The Rock has come back to enter city name here. Well, now Becky's new thing, as soon as she comes out, she's got to say, Oh, the man has finally come around to enter city name here. Did it last week. Did it this week. Probably going to do it every other week. Becky comes out, huge reaction. Just loud Becky chants, Becky, 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 Becky. And Becky noted that last week, she was expecting you deserve it chants. 
and she didn't get them. She's like, you know, you deserve it, Chance. You deserve it, Chance. And the crowd's kind of like, you deserve it. You deserve You deserve it. Like, they didn't know if they were supposed to do it, but then they did it. And then Becky gets a big old smile on her face. She goes, that's what we needed. Maybe I should have just came here last week instead of going to where we were. And Becky's supposed to be the heel, so I get it. It's you want that admiration that you don't get from the fans. You want to put yourself over. You want to be cocky and think that you're better than everybody else. And she says that. Lynch noted that the entire locker room interrupted her last week, but she didn't get a chance to address Bel Air. The fans then gave the reaction of Bel Air a mixed reaction. She said Bianca Bel Air, and more than half of that crowd sounded like they were booing. Lynch noted that the higher-ups called her when Sasha Banks went down because she was the only one that could save SummerSlam. She saved Bianca Belair in her match at SummerSlam. She claimed that Belair doesn't get to complain about Lynch beating her so fast. And then the fans went, ah, and they cheered when Becky says she won fast. And she's rating down Bianca Belair. She's like, listen here, Esther, and this and that. And I'm like, oh, Esther? I don't know if that's an insult or not, but the only Esther I know of is from Sanford and Son. And Esther was just, I, I guess, they not, correct me if I'm wrong, was Esther Fred's sister-in-law? Was he, was Esther Elizabeth's sister? Because they alluded it, but I never really, I, let me know if you guys know Sanford and Son, you know, bam, 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 you know, Sanford and Son. Red Fox, great show. Great show from back in the day. But she calls her Esther, and that's the first thing that pops into my head because I'm like, Esther, is that, a, is that supposed to be a, a freaking, like, insult? Again, the only Esther I know is Sanford and Son. Anyways, finally, Bianca Belair's music hits. She comes out all smiles, dancing. Jumps up on the apron, slaps the booty, and I'm like, Chica, you're supposed to be pissed. She's talking shit, saying that, saying that, um, you know, you couldn't handle going out there and trying to save that match without Sasha, that you couldn't do it. And I'm like, geez, she's going to come out here and be all happy, smiley, spank the butt, and just go, girl. What are you talking about? And I'm like, you need to come out here, no smile, no booty popping, no slapping of the ass, and just be pissed. Walk straight down to the ring, throw off them glasses and say, Becky, don't talk about me like that. Becky, I won the main event of WrestleMania. Yes, you have too, but I also won an SB. Put that in her face. And I'm just like, they need to quit this. Bianca needs to learn. Yes. Your music hits, you do your entrance. But there's certain circumstances, and I talked about this last week, where you don't need to actually do the entrance as it's written out for you to do before matches every week. If you're supposed to be pissed, you walk out there pissed. You don't walk out there like, there's a crowd, my music's playing, I have to do the same way, by the books, by the paper, by the number, by the script. No. No. Um, Clarification on Sanford and Son. Uh, Timmy Hayes says, she was Fred Sanford's sister-in-law. That's what I thought. And Eric says, that was Red Fox in the show. That's what I said. His sister-in-law, he married Elizabeth Esther. Elizabeth Esther was Elizabeth's sister. That's what I thought. 
That's what I thought. Trust me. We watched a lot of Sanford and Son growing up because my dad loved that show. Always watching Sanford and Son. Still watch reruns to this day sometimes when they pop up on TV. Anyways, we got an EST chant, but it doesn't last long. Miller noted that she thinks about that loss in 26 seconds all the time. She admits that it was embarrassing and she's still hurt by it. Miller is not making excuses though and noted that she wouldn't tear down another person to build herself up like Becky is doing. Miller promised to win back that title and she'll be the greatest. Pointed out that Lynch would have, wouldn't give her a rematch last week, so she earned a rematch taking on two different people. No, three different people. She then noted, you know what? How about this? Tonight, Roman Reigns, he's defending the Universal Championship, so how about you defend your SmackDown Women's Championship against me? Fans broke out in a loud EST chant. EST, 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 EST. Lynch then thought about it for a minute, and she goes, I don't care what Roman Reigns is doing, and throws down the mic, walks out of the ring. And Cordy Graves had the greatest line here. He goes, Bianca Belair may say she's she's the fastest and the quickest and all that, but Becky Lynch right now, she's the smartest for not just coming out here and accepting the challenge of Bianca Belair. Doesn't need to defend that title right now. I thought that was I thought that was a clever line where he was like, Bianca Belair says she's the quickest and the the strongest and all that. But Becky Lynch is the strong, and he even says like this. He says, Becky Lynch is the strong-est. And I go, ooh, I like that line, Corey Graves. I like that line. In the back, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode are walking, I guess, towards the ring. When they walk past Tony Storm, Ziggler then stops, backs it up. And Tony Storm's just, there's just a table. Nobody around, nothing on the table, and she's just standing there. And so Dolph's like, hey, 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 Tony Storm, right? Yeah. Well, I got a match coming up. You know, see me. You want to you wanna come watch? You going to watch my match? He goes, yeah, I'll be watching your match. He goes, how about I got pool. I can bring you out there with me. Tell Rude not to come out and you can get front row. You know, you want to you come out there with me? She goes, um, no, because I'd actually be rooting for Rick Boogs. And he's like, oh, well, then, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> that was kind of funny. One second. There we go. So, next up, we had Rick Boogs versus Dolph Ziggler. Match went a minute and a half. Wasn't much to it. Ziggler tried taking Boogs to the ground early, but he fought back. Boogs took over after giving Ziggler an impressive press slam. Boogs then went for the pump handle slam, but Ziggler slipped out and hit a DDT. Ziggler then went for a super kick, and Boogs caught the leg, hit the pump handle slam, and picked up the victory, defeating Dolph Ziggler. Tony Storm, I thought maybe would come out and celebrate after or something. No. Nah. It's just using her as a pretty face backstage. That's it. That is it. Boogs wings. Tony Storm just gets to stay backstage. People are going to say, hey, at least she was on TV this week. Yeah, but really... You made her look dumb by just standing next to a random empty table. And then she did nothing else. Stupid. So in the back, you see Becky Lynch walking around when she's approached by Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce. Deville announced that Lynch will defend that SmackDown Women's Championship against Bianca Belair because she earned it. 
She will do so at Extreme Rules. Pierce then informed Lynch that next week, I, I might have had that mixed up. Maybe, I, maybe Sonya said for next week. I don't remember. Anyways, one of them said that next week in Madison Square Garden, there will be a contract signing. Yeah, Sonya said this. There will be a contract signing to make this match official. It will happen in Extreme Rules, and the contract will be signed next week. So it's the first match that actually has been announced for the September 26th Extreme Rules pay-per-view. And Becky and Bianca, they're on that, they're, they're, you know, first match announced for the pay-per-view. They're going to be tired that week, probably. Because the whole week before that, well, not the whole week, but the Saturday, no, the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before Extreme Rules, SmackDown brand's going to be in the UK. Four-day tour. Then they got Thursday to fly home. Not to fly home, though. Thursday to fly back to the States. Go straight to SmackDown. I don't know where SmackDown's supposed to be that Friday. Then they got Saturday. Sunday, they've got Extreme Rules. So that's going to be a very busy week for the SmackDown brand. It's the SmackDown brand minus the Usos and Roman with additions of Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. So, and, and since the Usos and Roman are not going on the UK tour, they have been advertised now for Monday Night Raw in Raleigh, North Carolina, the go-home Raw for the go-home Raw for um, Extreme Rules. So it'll be interesting to see what role the Usos and Roman have on that show. Because I, I doubt they bring them to Raleigh just for like a dark match or something. They'll, they'll be on SmackDown or Raw. So next up, we had Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Match went nine and a half minutes and ended with a damn DQ. But it's a good match. Good match nonetheless. Cesaro and Rollins had a good match, like I said, with a weak finish. Before the match, Caleb Braxton interviewed Seth. Rollins claimed that tonight is a new beginning. He's moving on from Edge. He said he watched his SummerSlam match several times and learned several things from Edge. He said he's going to use everything he learned and promised to beat his old nemesis, Cesaro, tonight. Going forward, Cesaro caught, uh, caught Rollins early in midair and hit a tilt world backbreaker to get the advantage. Cesaro followed this up with an uppercut at ringside. Rollins recovered and caught Cesaro, excuse me, caught Cesaro with a dropkick. Cesaro fought back and hit a dropkick as well. Cesaro then went for a giant swing, but Rollins grabbed the ropes. Rollins then hit the Edge Impaler DDT for a near fall. Back from the break, Cesaro rocked Rollins with a right hand. Rollins dropped him on the middle turnbuckle, and Rollins climbed to the top rope, but Cesaro cut him off and went for a superplex. Rollins slipped out and hit a buckle bomb for a close near fall. Cesaro then rocked Rollins with an uppercut. Rollins fired back and hit an edge matic for a two. Cesaro recovered and rocked Rollins with another uppercut in the corner. Cesaro then went for the giant swing, but Rollins rolled him up for a near fall. Rollins then went for a sling blade. Cesaro caught Rollins and put him in the swing. Cesaro swung and swung and swung. I didn't count how many times he swung, but it was more than 10. And he transitioned it into a sharpshooter as he always does, but Rollins made it to the ropes. Rollins then rolled to the floor. Cesaro went for an uppercut on the floor, and Rollins blocked it with a chair, getting a disqualification. Rollins gets DQ'd here. After the match, Rollins attacks with the chair. Took a piece of the chair, just like Edge would do, or has been doing, 
and put it in the mouth of Cesaro to lock in a cross face. Eventually, uh, Rollins locked in the cross face with, his, with Cesaro's leg in a chair. He released the hold and hit a stomp. Rollins grabbed another chair and looked like he was going to set it for a concerto. This is when Edge's music would hit. Edge would run out to make the save. Seth would jump out of the ring, laugh at Edge, laugh at Cesaro, and the crowd chanted very loudly, Edge, 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 Edge. So, in the back, Roman Reigns and the Usos went over their game plan for tonight. Paul Heyman approached and informed Roman, um, so uh, we got a problem. Reigns like, I'm not worried about Finn Balor. I'm going to smash him, spin him tonight. And Heyman's like, no, it's Brock Lesnar. He's going to be at Madison Square Garden next week. He's like, Roman's like, well, how do you know? He's like, he called me. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, wherever he's from. He's like, how do you know he's in Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. He's like, um, I don't. Maybe, maybe he's in Minnesota. And Roman's like, how do you know he's not here tonight? And Paul's just like, um, I don't, but, and Roman's like, was he watching the show from home? And he was like, maybe, maybe Lesnar's watching Fox and Fox is big in Saskatchewan. The Reigns wondered how Heyman knew all of this. And he was very skeptical, but didn't really want to let Heyman know that he was skeptical of the relationship between Heyman and Lesnar. That's just another wrinkle. Heyman gets a call from Lesnar, and Lesnar's like, tell your boy, and we'll be there next week in MSG. So he's got to go to Roman, tell Roman, um, Brock's going to be on the show next week. He's going to be in Madison Square Garden. And Roman's like, I'll take care of him too. I'll smash him, and then I'll pin him. And yeah, so I don't know when that match takes place, because I would think Saudi Arabia, but it's a little early for Saudi, I think. A little early to be building it up for Saudi. The Saudi's not till end of October. Happy Corbin arrived at the building. He got out of his Rolls Royce, mistook Mackenzie Mitchell for a valet, and said, Valet, park my car. Back from the break, Caleb Braxton approached Edge. Edge says that he knows the game Seth is playing, but it's got to stop. Edge then challenged Roman Reigns, or Edge then challenged Seth Rollins to a match next week. Inside Madison Square Garden. But we got a SummerSlam rematch. And if this is as good, if not better, than the match from SummerSlam, it's going to be great. Because their match, I felt like Seth and Edge was match of the night for SummerSlam. You can disagree or agree if you want. But I thought that was the best match from SummerSlam. And yeah, this should be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see. How this goes, we got Brock next week, got the contract signing next week, then we got Edge versus Seth Rollins. Can't wait. Then we had the KO show, and this is where the show kind of was like, up, oh, you can go grab dinner now. It was fun, but it was like, what is this really building to? Kevin Owens came out, wasted no time, called his guest Happy Corbin. So everyone thought, oh, when he turns into Happy Corbin, he's going to be a baby face in this, and then nope. All them reports said he was going to be a baby face as Happy Corbin. Nope. He's a cocky heel as Happy Corbin. Corbin thanked Owens for his recent string of good luck. Corbin said, you know, if you already gave me that $100, which I don't have on me to pay you back, 
I would have never won all this money. Corbett announced, but you know what? I, I do have somebody that may be able to pay you back. He's always got cash on him. I got a special guest. And Owens is like, got a special guest? Who? He's like, my special guest is Logan Paul. Logan Paul walks out, and this crowd just deafening. Paul comes out and he thanks Owens for having him as a guest. And he's like, oh, I really didn't want you here, but sure. Corbin claimed they have a lot in common. Paul agreed and noted that they hung out after his brother Jake beat Tyron Woodley this past weekend. He goes, yeah, that, that did happen. You, you all saw it. Fans booed again. Owens then mocked Paul and Corbin. Paul then offered Owens some money saying, here's, here's 100 bucks. You know, you can use it by the way you're dressed. Owens didn't want his money and told Paul, turn around and get out of my ring. Paul then got in Owens' face and shoved him. Owens pushed back. The two squared up. Owens charged and Corbin hit Kevin Owens in the head with a microphone. Paul and Corbin laughed. Owens tried to get up and attack again. He got choke slammed and he was left laying. Corbin and Logan Paul leave together. So, one thing I did forget to mention Back at SummerSlam, there was a video that aired where Logan Paul called Baron Corbin pathetic or whatever, and Owens tried to bring that up, and he's like, hey, 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 that's in the past. We've talked. We've worked it out. We're cool. We're cool now. So in the back, there was a weird segment. It said the WWE Universe's attention needs to be on. It fades, and it's like, dum, 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 or whatever. That's not the right music, but whatever Carmella's music is, it plays, and it's fading back, you know, zooming back, and Carmella's there, and they're like, it's the most beautiful woman in all of WWE, Carmella. And the camera then pans over. Liv Morgan is standing there. She's looking. She's like, seriously? And that was the end of the segment. Move in to Sami Zayn versus Dominic Mysterio. Again, two-minute match. Zayn was firmly in control early, but Mysterio did make a brief comeback. Zayn took over, but Dominic caught him with a boot to the face. Zayn rolled to the outside and walked to the back. Mysterio came out and chased Zayn back out to ringside. Referee leaned between the ropes and told Zayn get back into the ring. Dominic then hit a dive, jumping over the referee onto Zayn. Dominic then threw Zayn back into the ring. And then Ray was like, all right, you've got this. Now go get him. And Ray... Ray distracted Dominic. Dominic's like, what? Huh? Don't worry. I, I I got this. So Dominic gets back in the ring, stands up, gets shoved into the corner. Boom. Haluva kick. Pinned. Ray distracted Dominic, trying to cheer him on. Yeah. I don't like where this is going. One of them's going to turn on the other. Probably Dom. Sonya Deville's in the back, and she's on the phone. She's like, yeah, next week's Madison Square Garden. We've got the contract signing, and apparently Brock Lesnar's going to be there. we got Roman, this and that, and Seth's going to take on Edge. And Naomi's just standing in the shadows. Like, how fucking creepy is that? And she walks up on, on Sonya. I'm surprised Sonya wasn't startled more. And she's like, hey, excuse me, Sonya. And Sonya's like, yeah, Naomi, what, what, when you see I'm on the phone. She's like, well, you told me last week you didn't have a match for me, and to come to you this week for a match. And Sonya's just like, oh, slipped my mind. I forgot. Get with me next week. And Naomi's like, uh, okay. 
And so he's like back on the phone. No, that can't happen. We got to do this. And I'm like, whatever. This is going to turn her heel. I honestly think that she's going to get overlooked and overlooked and overlooked. And then eventually she's just going to go out there and attack somebody and be like, you won't give me a match. I'll make my own match. And then maybe she joins the bloodline. So we go into our main event, but before we do, Finn Balor's interviewed, discussed, discussed being first ever universal champion. He said, you know, everyone's asked me that question. What if you didn't get hurt in 2016? He says, well, I did. And I can answer that though, tonight by winning the title. We'll see how it goes. So Reigns and Balor worked. Very hard in this match. They had a fantastic match. And as Balor made his entrance, Michael Cole wondered, if Brock Lesnar may actually be here tonight. And all of a sudden, Finn's doing his thing, and he sits up on the turnbuckle, and, oh, oh, what the heck's going on? Boom, boom, boom. Usos come out and make the attack. They attack Finn, beat him down, throw him outside of the ring, throw him into the barricade, grab the steel stairs, throw it just ram him right into his gut multiple times, right into the ribs before the Uso, the Street Profits come out. Street Profits run out. They chase off the Usos. Finn's all hurt. And then we hear, Roman Reigns' music hits. Roman's music hits. Roman comes out to the ring. Referee's checking on Finn. His ribs, gut area down here is all red and everything. And they say, will Finn Balor even be able to compete? We'll have to find out after the break. We come back from the break, and Roman's music's still playing. He's standing in the ring with Paul Heyman. They've got EMTs and medical guys checking on Finn in the corner. And then Roman's just like, I'm like, did Roman literally stand there for three minutes and wait till they said, when we're live, raise the, raise, raise the title. Fuck. Anyways, anyways, they're checking on Finn and whatnot. Finally, Finn pulls himself up with the ropes and everything, and the ref's like, we can cancel this, and Finn's like, let's go. I'm good. Ah, I can do it. I can do it. So they decided Finn's good to compete. They did special ring introductions. Fans booed during Reigns' intro. Reigns backed Balor into the corner early and threw him across the ring. He rocked Balor with a series of clotheslines in the corner. Balor, though, did fight back. He had a sling blade, but Reigns quickly recovered from it. Back from the break, Balor avoided a Superman punch. Reigns was still in control, though. Reigns rocked Balor with her right hand, but Balor responded with a kick to the head. Balor ran wild on Reigns and hit a double foot stomp. Balor trapped Reigns in the ring, skirt, ring apron skirt and stomped on him. He followed this up with a huge dive. Reigns avoided the coup de gras and hit a Superman punch for a close near fall. Reigns went for a spear, but Balor countered into a small package for a very close near fall. Balor then hit a shotgun dropkick and a coup de gras for a very convincing close three or close two. Like he hit a, I don't know if you can call him it hard coup de gras. Like when he came down on Roman, he jumps up, pulls the legs up, and when he came down, you see those legs just whoa, right into Roman's gut, and Roman kicks out at the just last hot moment. Like, this was a very good near fall. Very good. Reigns then gave Balor a, a low blow and kicked out. 
He attacked when he kicked out. He attacked Balor and locked on the guillotine. Choking and wrenching and choking and wrenching. And the ref just finally goes, he's out. He's out. That's it. Call it. Call it. Woo. Match over. Finn never tapped out. Finn never tapped. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Finn never tapped. Reigns, and, Reigns gets out of the ring. He's got Heyman with him. They walk around the side of the ring. They start to go up the ramp. The lights turn red. We hear, bum, bum. And then Roman's music plays again. Roman's like, and then keeps on walking with Heyman. So my first question was, what the fuck was that? But then when you think about it, and you see the red light, and you hear the bum, bum, you go, oh, oh. We're getting the demon. Demon King Balor is coming back. When? I don't know. Extreme rules? Maybe. But here's the thing. The demon is never lost. When, when, and I could be wrong because there may have been one time in NXT, but the demon has never lost. Like when Finn puts on the paint in WWE, at least on the main roster. He may have lost once in NXT to Joe with the pen. Yeah, mm. give me two seconds to check this. I think I know exactly when he lost in the with the paint. Yeah, he lost with the paint to Joe at Takeover the End. That's what it was. He lost the paint, Takeover the End, the cage match with Joe for the NXT Championship. He's lost in NXT with the paint on, never on the main roster with the paint on. So if he is Demon King, and takes on Roman, say, at Extreme Rules. Does he win the belt? Does he win the freaking title? I don't know. It'll be a very interesting thing to see because, again, he's only lost in WWE once with the paint. That was Smojo in the cage at the end. But he's never lost with the paint on the main roster. He's beaten. No, he hasn't. Thinking about it, he has not house show. What are you talking about, Alex? Alexis? What, what about a house show? It wasn't a house show where he lost in the paint to Joe. It was at NXT TakeOver, the end in a steel cage match. But the Demon character is undefeated on the main roster. Hopefully, he stays undefeated. I doubt it because he's taking on Roman with the title on the line. We're assuming. We're assuming he's taking on Roman with the title on the line. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but they did tease the demon, or the demon king, whatever you want to call it, with that whole red lights, boom, boom, and then back to Roman's music. So, I'm interested. Brock thing is probably just going to be Brock coming back and going, oh, yeah, I'll face you in a month. Saudi Arabia. But then Finn maybe comes out and says, Roman, that was cheap last week. Yeah, I could have said I didn't want to do it, but I did it anyways, and this and that, and you had your boys come and get me, and I don't know. He's like, but there's somebody else that wants to see you. Maybe, maybe they use the demon as the new fiend? That would be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Hopefully they don't use them as bad as they use the fiend, because Finn, as the demon, has always been really, really cool. So, we'll see how that goes, but that was Friday Night Smackdown again. Big show coming up next week for Madison Square Garden. Brock Lesnar will be there. Got a contract signing for Extreme Rules. Becky and Bianca and Edge takes on Seth Rollins. Plus, 
It's a super SmackDown, so that means someone from Raw is going to be on the show as well. Uh, Vingy says, steel cage match, question mark. Yes, NXT TakeOver The End. For the NXT Championship, the main event was a steel cage match between Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. Finn wore black and white, um, black and white paint, and Joe won. Nine days bangs? Oh, snap. We need to get on that. I haven't played in a while. We can get on that. Anyways. Anyways. Check the polls. Let's check what you guys thought of tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 80% of you liked it. 20% didn't like it. As far as the... As far as the YouTube poll does go, 73% of you did like tonight's SmackDown. 16% did not. And, uh, excuse me, 11%. No, 16% thought it was just all right. And 11% did not like tonight's SmackDown. But with that, guys, before we get into AEW Rampage, got a quick little message here. We're partnering up with, with um, Wicked Cuts Jerky, Patriotic Cancer Awareness Month. Take a listen over here how you guys can help out as well. It's Patriotic Cancer Awareness Month, and we here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited have teamed up with Wicked Cuts Jerky to fight the big fight against childhood cancer. Wicked Cuts Jerky is also partnering with WWE, Connors Cure, and the V Foundation on this critical endeavor. Stephanie McMahon and Paul Triple H Levesque founded Connors Cure to honor the life of a very special little boy, Connor Malik an eight-year-old wrestling fan who inspired the universe through his battle with metalloblastoma. Through their partnership with WWE and the V Foundation, Connor's Cure is dedicated to raising funds and supporting the ongoing research in new agents for innovative therapies for kinder treatment and ending patriotic cancer. Over 400,000 children worldwide are diagnosed with cancer every single year. And in the United States, it's the leading cause of death by disease post-infancy. Connor's Cure has teamed up with the Wicked Cuts Jerky Group to create a new flavor of smoked barbecue bacon jerky. All proceeds for the sale of this exclusive flavor will be contributed to the V Foundation and Connor's Cure to ensure the continuation of the research needed to help and end childhood cancer. Children are our future. We must fight to ensure that every child has the chance for a bright future full of hope and opportunity. So now you have the opportunity to purchase your own bag of smoked barbecue recipe at www.wickedcuts.com. That's Wicked Cuts with a Z. Remember, every dime of this special flavor does go to end the war of childhood cancer. All right, guys, so like you heard there, we're partnering up with Wicked Cuts Jerky. All the proceeds for their new special jerky, their smoked barbecue recipe, will go to Connor's Cure and the V Foundation. So head over to their website, link in the description below, Wicked Cuts Jerky, Wicked Cuts with a Z, dot co. In order now to donate and help, all proceeds go to Connor's Cure and the V Foundation. But with that, we've now got AEW Dynamite. Nope, Rampage. You gotta get used to saying that. AEW Rampage to talk about. 
Let's pull up those notes here. Close out the SmackDown notes. Rampage, like I said earlier, kind of a by-the-books show. Kind of a just all right kind of show. CM Punk on commentary was really good, but we know that because he was good in commentary when he did it in WWE. He's been good on commentary when he's been doing it for MMA. Nothing new there. So regardless, the show itself did open up with Malachi Black against Lee Johnson. Apparently live, Malachi Black got a great reaction from the crowd in Chicago. But Black stalked Johnson and cornered him right away. Johnson avoided a spin kick and a knee strike before surprising Black with a back elbow. He just served. That that just served to infuriate Aleister Black. Well, I'm, mm, 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 I made a boo-boo. Malachi Black. That's the first time I've messed that up. That's the first time I've messed that up. Malachi Black. He took Lee Johnson down with a leg sweep and attacked in the corner. Strong back elbow that led uh, to a commercial break from Black. Johnson made his comeback upon return. He took Black down with the back elbow before smashing him with a big tope suicida. Johnson kept up the attack with a frog splash, but Black countered out and followed this up by punting Johnson's head off with a soccer kick. Black laid in some nice strike combinations in the corner before looking for a weapon at ringside. Black then grabbed a chair and looked like he was about to use it, but then dropped it and offered a free shot to Johnson to use it as a weapon. Johnson stood up on wobbly legs with the chair in hand, but was immediately struck with a spinning wheel kick and finished off by, by Malachi Black. As soon as the match ends, out would come Dustin Rhodes. Black would jump out of the ring. Rhodes would grab the chair, and nothing happened other than Dustin yelling at Black. So after commercial break, Dustin's interviewed by Mark Henry backstage. Dustin was asked about how he was feeling with what just went down. He said there's nothing Black can do to him that he hasn't been through already. He said Black's all about dark places. Well, he's been to every dark place you can be to. And next week on AEW Dynamite, he will take on Malachi Black. So next up, Miro came out to cut a promo, sitting in the center of the ring. Miro said, well, Eddie Kingston calls himself the Mad King. The only king Miro recognizes is Mad at Kingston. Kingston has all three God-given talents, but he ended up taking a charity contract in AEW. He said, in life without a struggle, you become soft. And Kingston has become comfortable, knowing that he's nothing more than a bat boy for John Moxley. I loved that. I loved that line. Kingston would come out and get real. He said, Miro's God isn't real to him. That I, I, don't, I don't believe in him. I believe in another God. But if he was real, then he sent me out here to punish you. He said, Miro's a sinner. That every move Miro hits, or every move he hits, will be Miro's weakness. Miro then dared Kingston to get into the ring with him. Kingston said, Redeemer, redeem these nuts. He rushed the ring, but Miro rolled outside of it. Kingston pursued him, and Miro suckered him in and smacked him with the belt. Kingston got the better of Miro, though, in the ring with a spinning back fist and a DDT. 
to end the segment. So again, as we've seen in the past, the DDT is the um, weakness of Miro. So next up, we had a two-on-one handicap match. It was Chris Statlander against Jamie Hayter and Rebel. Hayter started out with a long, aggressive lockup against, against Statlander. A hair pull allowed Hayter to pull Statlander into the corner. This is where Rebel attacked with frequent tags and this and that, and they tagged in and out. And I got a little bored here. I'm going to say it right now. I got a little bored here. There were some weak kicks from Rebel, which allowed Statlander to fire back. She dropped Hater onto her partner. Statlander hit repeated corner attacks. Excuse me. I followed this up by forced double team flatliner on Rebel for a two. Statlander clotheslined Hater off the apron and got Rebel in an electric chair. She then caught Hater in a crossbody position, hitting an impressive power slam and an electric chair combination at the same time. There was a roll up from Statlander that got a two. She then locked on a spider crab submission and picked up the victory. No surprise there. The challenger for the belt defeats the odds. Ooh, I'm so shocked. Didn't see that coming. And didn't see this coming. All three heels. But attack the challenger. So outruns Red Velvet. They run away. And there you go. They randomly showed a press conference. I don't know where this came from. With Moxley and Kojima. I'm like, what the hell? This is random. And Moxley just all of a sudden just gets mad, throws the table, and him and Kojima go to blows. Like, this is the most randomest shit I've ever seen. But I got an idea for AEW that would actually be very cool and very interesting. And they can do it on their YouTube if they wanted. So we've seen at times AEW does these press conferences. They did it with Cody in the past. They've done it now. They did this one with... Boxley and whatnot, but AW does four pay-per-views a year. What they need to do before these pay-per-views is film some mock press conference thing, even do a real press conference. Why not? And it would build better anticipation, I think, for the upcoming shows. What they can do is they can do the whole press conference, air it live or pre-taped on their YouTube channel, but then on either Dynamite or even better, Rampage, before the pay-per-view, they air clips from it. They say, hey, this one down at the, the all-out press conference today here in Chicago at the such-and-such hotel and this and that. And they only have to do four a year. One before all-out, one before full gear, one before double or nothing, and one before revolution. Do four of these a year. It would make your your company seem more legit like they want to be like more sport and not entertainment. And yeah, I think that they should do this. I think they should do the whole press conference thing before the big show, which are the pay-per-views. They've only got four. Remember when WWE used to do the pre WrestleMania press conferences? Haven't done one since WrestleMania 30, but they used to do these all the time before WrestleMania. And it would make WrestleMania feel like a bigger deal. Like when we went into WrestleMania 30 and Daniel Bryan was there in the Hard Rock and talked about this and we had Triple H there and we had Randy and we had Batista and I, I really liked that. And it, again, gives it more of a real sport feel, just like UFC. UFC does their 
their press conferences, what is it, like sometimes two weeks or so before the, the card, or maybe it's the week of, I can't remember exactly. But I think that's something AEW can utilize. They don't have to do it live with a real crowd. No, no, since Saturday, they don't do press conferences. Those are what you call media calls with Triple H that they didn't even do last week. That is not the same thing as a press conference. Press conference is when you have a bunch of the competitors there, you have a moderator standing between, and there are questions to be asked. They can have real media there if they want, or they can say, we have questions submitted by media. We've got a question from Mike Johnson of PW Insider. We've got a question here for so-and-so from Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. We've got a question here from Tim Jarrell of Pro Wrestling Unlimited. You know, they can do that. They can have their moderator, whether that's Tony Schiavone, whether that's Excalibur, Moderate the press conference. You get like three or four of your biggest matches. You set the baby faces on one side, the heels on the other side, and go. I think that could be really good, really cool, really fun. And again, give it a real sports feel and less entertainment. Because every time AEW does one of these press conference things, it's just to lead to a brawl. Pokey sports entertainment. But if they were to do them legit, get real questions from the media, you don't have to have the media there asking the questions. You can have media members submit the questions for like an Excalibur or a Tony Schiavone to ask. And then you've got like Jericho, MJF, got Punk, Darby. You've got, that would be a weird one to put Punk and Darby because who would be on the babyface side? Who'd be on the heel side anyways? And you say, you know, we've got a question here from Tim Jarrell of Pro Wrestling Unlimited. He wants to ask CM Punk, you know, how do you think your cardio is going to be going into the match? How is your stamina? How has your workout been going into this match at All Out? You've been gone for seven years. You know, something like that. I think that would be really, really cool. Again, they can air the highlights on Dynamite, air the highlights on Rampage, put the whole thing up, up on their YouTube. Maybe they can even get TNT to let them air the whole thing. I don't know. That would be really cool. That would be a really cool thing they should do. They only got to do it four times a year because the do it before the four pay-per-views. And that would, A, make your pay-per-views seem more important. Because right now to me, their pay-per-views are important, but not as important feeling as they should because they have all these other super events with them. When, when you say we got four pay-per-views and they're big deal pay-per-views, but then sometimes you do bigger matches on your Fight for the Fallen Dynamite, your Fighter Fest Dynamite, your Winter is Coming Dynamite, it kind of diminishes the, 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 oh, crap, those big matches can only take place on the pay-per-view. Because, like, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega going to be a good match on the pay-per-view but Kenny Omega didn't even win the belt on pay-per-view he won it on dynamite against John Moxley in a more hyped up more built up better highly more highly anticipated match when you're having bigger matches and I get it they want dynamite to be special as well but when you're having bigger matches on your dynamites than you are on the pay-per-view that's almost like hey bro you're making us pay 50 bucks for this when we've got better matches for free on Dynamite? Better cards? No. Um, local 49ers fans says, didn't NXT do a press conference for TakeOver one time? Not that I can remember. Again, I know Triple H does the media call stuff. 
before every takeover, but not press conference. No, not press conference. But I think that would be something cool they can do. They got to do something to make these pay-per-views feel more important because right now, the way they load up these special editions of Dynamite, sometimes they're better than what we've gotten on pay-per-view. And that's not good. You should be getting your biggest, best, can't see them anywhere else matches on pay-per-view. But when you're going to Dynamite, like I said, Moxley and Jericho, or Moxley and, and Omega, that was a fucking Dynamite match. So, we'll see. We'll see where they go, what they do. So we ran down the card for All Out. We're going to talk about that here shortly. They also let us know that next week, Malachi Black will be taking on Dustin Rhodes. That match has been made official. And for next week's Rampage, Pack versus Andrade. So apparently there were some travel issues. Pack couldn't make it back to the United States in time for All Out this weekend. But they're confident that he'll be here by next Friday. Actually, no. Next Wednesday. Give me two seconds. Is next week a live show? I don't think it is. I don't think next week's Rampage is a live show, but we could check. Events. No, they're filming all on Wednesday. Wednesday, September 8th in Cincinnati. So next week's show is not a live show. So very interesting that they couldn't get back here in time for Sunday, but they feel like they'll have them three days later on Wednesday. That's it. Okay. Sure. Sure. Mark Henry did his interview like he's been doing for the past three weeks before the main event. I guess this is a staple. Good match. Whatever match. Main event with a little face-to-face Mark Henry interview beforehand. Sting and Darby on one side. Daniel Garcia with 2.0 on the other. Garcia said that he wants to prevent the Allen Punk match from happening this week, and he thinks he can. Allen said that he'd knock Garcia on his ass. Then... He'd look Punk dead in his eyes. Punk comes out for commentary, gets a great reaction, jumps in the crowd. And yeah, apparently that that pop was massive. It came off good on TV, but apparently... So, I know someone that was there. And I get a text message when Punk... After Punk's entrance and he goes up to commentary or whatever, and I go... And the text message says... I'm going to pull it up here. Punk's initial pop... Sounded great on TV. Yet the pop he got tonight sounded 10 times better. Jeez. I don't know if maybe it was just a better pop tonight, better crowd, because everyone's in for for all out, so they came in early for Rampage, or if it just comes off better live and in person than it did in TV. But going forward, it was Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia. These guys had a pretty good match. Allen took Garcia down and laid in the ground and pound early, forcing Garcia to regroup on the floor. Allen kept up with the attack and hit a running coffin drop through the barricade. Garcia moved out of the way, though. Sting attacked 2.0, and meanwhile, Garcia sent Allen into the ring steps before bringing him back into the ring. At this point, they're asking Punk about his match coming up, and he said that maybe Darby's not focused on Daniel Garcia right now because Garcia's getting the upper hand. He said, I know Garcia, Daniel Garcia looks great. He's a good competitor, but Darby needs to focus on him and not look past him and to our match this weekend. Then Jericho asked Punk, how are you going to do in your match this weekend? Your cardio up to snuff? And, and 
fucking punk goes, cardio's all I got, Chris. And then Chris Jericho goes, yeah, I know. I've seen you around these buildings running around the arena with what looks like a, a, a bulletproof vest on. And Punk goes, well, it is. I don't want to get shot. And Jericho goes, yeah, true. We are here in Chicago. I'm like, God. He said, yeah, well, it is a bulletproof vest. I don't want to get shot. And so Jericho, yeah, we are here in Chicago. Damn. Anyways, a reversal from Allen allowed him to get into the Fujiwara armbar, but Garcia rolled to the ropes to break it. Allen countered, targeted Garcia's left arm until Garcia used the steel steps for leverage. He regained control. Garcia then locked on a modified chin lock, fish looking, uh, uh, fish hooking Allen's mouth for good measure. Allen got some space and climbed the ropes. Garcia took out the legs and popped up and hit a me, superplex for a two ahead of a break. Garcia then caught Allen in a rear naked choke and hung him over the corner. Allen wrestled away, but Garcia reapplied it in the center of the ring. Allen carried Garcia like a backpack up the ropes and fell backwards to finally break the hold. Allen then hit the Pepsi twist. CM Punk's old move where CM Punk said, not bad. Allen turned an uppercut into a backslide for a two before hitting a code red for a good near fall. Allen then locked on the last supper cradle and got a three to win the match. So with that, Darby Allen does defeat Daniel Garcia. 2.0 immediately rushed the ring and attack Allen. Sting took out Garcia. Punk then walked out off the commentary desk in front 2.0 while they exchanged words with Punk. Allen crashed into them, tope, uh, tope suicida, and then Punk and Allen went face-to-face to end tonight's dyna- uh, rampage. I keep saying dynamite. To end tonight's rampage. So with that, that was AEW Rampage, the final show before All Out. And yes, Thomas, you are right. They did do a press conference with Wade Barrett. They did. They, you are right there. But thinking about it, that was a nice press conference, actually. I like that. But WWE clearly doesn't do that enough. And AEW should be doing that for their big four pay-per-views to make their pay-per-views feel bigger. To make their pay-per-views feel like a bigger deal because, again, they do bigger matches on dynamites than they do on some of these pay-per-views. And that's not that's that that, that that's no bueno. But with that, that was AEW Rampage. With that, let's check the text messages to see what you guys thought. Not the text messages, the polls to see what you thought of the show before we get into our all-out predictions. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 75% of you liked Rampage, or 25% thought it was just all right. Over on YouTube, 61% of you liked tonight's Rampage. 30% thought it was just all right. And 9% did not like it. Oof. 9%. 11%. Better stop that poll. 11% did not like it. Let's pull up the card for All Out now. Going to do our All Out predictions. Got it right here.
with that, <clears throat> this coming Sunday is the AEW All-Out Pay-Per-View. Right now, 10 matches have been announced for the show with nine taking place on the main card and one taking place on the buy-in, which is their pre-show. With that, I thought I'd run down all the matches that we do know of. All the ma- I, don't, I don't assume any more matches do get announced, but all the matches we do know of and give you my predictions on who I think is going to come out victorious. Also, also, I want you guys to know for the first time ever, an AEW pay-per-view will be available on Fight TV in the United States. Yes, you heard me right. All out this Sunday on Fight TV in the United States. Now, I want to let you guys know that in the description below, we do have our Fight TV referral link. If you use our link, you will be supporting Pro Wrestling Unlimited, but you will also be getting $10 off of your purchase. $10 off of your purchase of All Out or whatever next event you do you do purchase after making a new account on Fight with clicking our link or using our referral code in the comments below. So go check that out. Use that link, make a new account on Fight, and get $10 off of your purchase of All Out this weekend. Not only will it help you in getting $10 off, but it'll also support us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But as we look at the card for All Out, we got the first match here. It's the buy-in. It is a 10-man tag team match. It is the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler Yuta. Taking on Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Or teaming with the Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Against the Hardy family office, Matt Hardy, Private Party, Isaiah Quinn. And Mark, uh, no, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, the hybrid and the hybrid two and Helico and Jack Evans. You got to do it. You got to go with the baby faces. It's the pre-show. You give the baby face the win. You hype up the crowd going into the main card. Speaking of that main card, we've got the 21 woman casino battle royale. The winner of this match will get a shot at the AEW Women's World Championship. And in this match, we do have Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa. The Bunny, Big Swole, Julia Hart, Ty Conti, Diamante, Penelope Ford, Red Velvet, Hikaru Shida, Emi Sakura, Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, Kylan King, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay, Riho, and announced tonight during the dark tapings, Sky Blue. The only name not announced is the special 21st entrant, The Joker. That person will be a surprise, and we will not know who that person is until they come out. If I'm going to predict, I'm going to say Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho is going to come out as the Joker. I think she would be fantastic in this match, and I think she would also be a fantastic addition to the AEW women's roster. As far as who wins the Battle Royal, that's the tougher one. That's the tougher pick. But looking at everybody... Honestly, I don't want to say it because I think she should be built up before getting a title shot, but Ruby Soho. If Ruby Soho is the Joker, I'm picking Ruby Soho. So going forward, we do know that John Moxley will be taking on Satoshi Kojima. Moxley gets the win here, of course. Paul White will be going one-on-one with QT Marshall, and I think you got to go with the big man, Paul White, in his AEW in-ring debut. Chris Jericho will be taking on MJF. If Jericho is not victorious here, he must retire from in-ring competition in AEW. This is a tough one. Because I could see 
ways to make this work either way, but uh, Jericho. Going to pull my leg right now, Jericho. With the AEW TNT Championship on the line. We got Miro defending against Eddie Kingston. I'm going to say it's God's favorite champion. Miro is going to win. And then he's going to do just like he said on Dynamite. He's going to win. And then his hot wife is going to lay down for him in the... And then he's going to lay down for his hot wife in the hotel room. Just like he said. He said, the only person I laid down for is my hot wife in the hotel room after my victory. So Miro's going to win. He's going to go back to the hotel room. He's going to lay on that bed. And he's going to do good things with CJ. Said it. Miro. Going forward, the Young Bucks will be defending the AEW Women's World or nope, the AEW World Tag Team Championships inside of a steel cage against the Lucha Brothers. This is a tough one. This is a very tough one. But I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Lucha Brothers. Lucha Brothers pick up the victory. Also, the BFG, you are wrong. There's not going to be a special mystery opponent for Andrade at All Out. Andrade posted something on social media that made it look like that was going to happen, but it's not. If it was, they would have announced it tonight. They're not going to just have a random match on the card and not announce it ahead of time. So you are wrong there. They are not going to have just a random match with Andrade at the pay-per-view. Next up, with the AEW Women's World Championship on the line, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, will be defending against everyone's favorite alien, Chris Statlander. And gotta give it to the doc. Give it to the dentist. She's gonna get that lockjaw. She's gonna defeat Chris Statlander. She's gonna remain your AEW Women's World Champion. Now here's where things get a little interesting. What match does go on last? If you go tradition, you go the world title. So let's say CM Punk and Darby Allen is next. Who wins, CM Punk or Darby Allen? I can see, I can see reasons for either. Punk's first match is seven years. He's got to get the win, but it's Darby Allen. Darby Allen would get such a rub beating CM Punk, maybe even a big enough rub to challenge Kenny next. But I think you got to do it in Chicago. No ifs, ands, buts about it. CM Punk. And finally, with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on the line, Kenny Omega will be defending against Christian Cage. And this is not even a, hmm, let me think about this one for a second. No, it, it's, it, it's Kenny Omega. Kenny's going to come out there with Don, maybe the Good Brothers, and defeat Christian. Plain and simple. They'll probably have a good match. Their match on Rampage was a four-and-a-half-star match. I think they can do better. So, I think... Kenny Omega picks up the victory and retains the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. But it's not even World Heavyweight. It's just AEW World Championship. But with that, guys, that's the card. And those are my predictions for this Sunday's AEW All Out pay-per-view. Remember, you can order AEW All Out on Fight TV in the United States, not just internationally. So use our link in the description below to support us. And you get $10 off. Your purchase of AEW Rampage because it's 50 bucks. Get $10 off, then it's only 40 bucks. Then it's only 40 bucks. But if we do hear anything else about Rampage, or no, anything else about All Out, there's so many of these fucking names I still got to get used to. 
If you hear anything else about All Out, love for you right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. With that, guys, we're about to wrap up this podcast, this review. But first, go check them damn text messages. As far as the text messages do go, got a number of them here. This person says, dun, 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 dun. You think we see the demon Finn Balor because they teased it tonight after Roman Reigns' win? Roman Reigns win his match tonight on SmackDown. I already talked about that, and yes. Or says, if I was fantasy book, Naomi turn, Naomi heel turn. I let her take on Liv Morgan, yet let Naomi lose, lose her the match again. Okay, again, if you guys can't write in English with damn sentence structure, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna. Versus when they split the Mysterios, do you think who do you think turns heel the other and win? I think they might turn him soon. And I think it might be Dom. Dom's going to get frustrated. His dad keeps messing him up. His dad keeps distracting him. So I think that's going to happen. Versus I really thought SmackDown and Rampage were two really solid, great shows tonight. Do you think AEW Grand Slam, possibly we see a six-man tag between Sting, Darby, and Punk versus 2.0 Daniel Garcia? If 2.0 and Daniel Garcia keep beating down Punk, Darby Sting. Also, do you see Kevin Owens facing Logan Paul? No, okay, I don't see Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul. No, I don't. I don't see that. As far as the six-man tag, I don't think you wait until um, Grand Slam. You do it next week. Why wait two weeks? Why wait a week and a half and not just do it the next week? Just do it next week. Because I thought Paul Heyman, Caleb Braxton segment was super funny, especially hearing Brock's theme. Yeah, that was a great. He said Brock's theme as Heyman's ringtone. Yeah, that was great. I loved it. I thought it was super, super clever. Whoever came up with that idea, very clever. Versus how come you don't do no more Impact Wrestling? We we talk about Impact when it's relevant, but Impact's never really that relevant. I do review their main pay-per-views. I do review the main pay-per-views, but we don't review the weekly show. We don't review the Impact Plus shows. But we'll be reviewing Bound for Glory coming up in October. And when there's pertinent news coming out of Impact, like AC Romero asking for his release, we report it here on the channel and on the website. He says, do you know what's going on with Adam Cole? And do you have any word on why he is still on the WWE app listed as current? Do you think he can appear in MSG? Well, all I know about Adam Cole is that he's not in Chicago as of today. Today, he was not in Chicago. yes. He canceled the Twitch stream, but he's, I, I guarantee as of 4 p.m. Pacific, he was not in Chicago. But as far as him still being listed on the WWE roster page, that's because they're still hopeful that he's going to stay with the company, that he's going to resign. They're still hopeful that they can keep Adam Cole, that they're not going to lose him to AEW. That's why. That's why he's still on the roster page. Because once they move him to that alumni section, which they should have already anyways, anyways, then that's kind of them saying, yep, we lost him. This person says, so are we supposed to believe Brock was on the other end of that phone call with Paul Heyman? 100% supposed to believe that. Paul said that's what it was. He said he spoke to Brock on the phone. You got to listen. 
and the final text message here. This might be a stretch, but every week when Roman is out, we get another bum bum. But it's more like bum bum, bum bum, like a heartbeat. Every week it adds more and more. Then we get Demon Balor versus Roman in Extreme Rules. Brock distracts Roman, then Finn wins the title. So Roman is furious and calls out Brock for Crown Jewel. I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't want to see Brock cause Roman the title. I would want to see just Finn win it, but we'll see how it goes. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitch.com forward slash PW Unlimited. With that, guys, we will be back live on Sunday for AEW All Out. So I can't wait to see you guys there. The card looks very fun. The card looks like it could be a great show. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your weekend. And I'll see you Sunday for All Out. Have a good one.